Welcome and thank you for joining us for our online version of our weekend worship service for North Park Baptist Church. Uh, this is primarily how we met for several months. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we have had a drive-in service at our property on Four Mile, and we have decided that that's the best way for us to meet, the safest way for us to meet for the entire month of June. So we'd love to have you join us there. Uh, there is some outdoor seating for up to 100 people, and the rest of us will stay in our cars, and you can hear the sound uh, projected directly to those in the seats, but also it comes through on FM radio. So that's been a real uh, good thing for us as a church, so we'd love to have you be part of that. I also want to just uh, make an announcement that uh, next Sunday is Father's Day, and it's been a tradition here at North Park that on Mother's and Father's Day we choose ministries that are uh, working with families, our fathers and children, mothers, uh, in some way, and make a donation on behalf of the church and then invite you to participate as well. And so this year we will be making a donation from the church to Urban Transformational Ministries. And this is a ministry that's been operating for 20 plus years in the inner city of Grand Rapids. It's actually uh, headed by Joel and Cheryl Lynn Schaefer. Uh, Cheryl Lynn is Pastor Tom's daughter. And uh, their mission is to break the fatherless cycle in urban communities through the transformation of the gospel of Christ. Uh, they do that through discipling, equipping. Uh, we're familiar maybe with the Man Up House, uh, connecting and training. So a well uh, worthwhile investment. And so uh, while we'll be making a gift as a church, we would invite you to make additional gifts to help support this ministry and maybe in honor of your father and in honor of Father's Day. So the last thing that I wanted to announce before we have uh, our message today is that uh, we want to thank you for your faithful giving. And as we think about giving, uh, that gift to Urban Transformational Ministries, if you desire to do so, could be made to uh, North Park, but it also could be made right on their website at utmgr.org. So check that out, look at the ministry, and maybe make a gift there. Now, for the giving for North Park, again, just remind you that you can do that online at our church website. Um, you can text it, NPBC to 616-275-2777, or mail it right here to the church, and we'll be sure to get that into the offering. And again, thank you for your faithful giving during this uh, very uncertain times. Uh, it's been a joy to see our offering stay stable and to not have to have those financial concerns. All right, well, today is a very special day. Uh, this is our student celebration service, and uh, today is very different. Uh, it's been a very different school year, actually, for us here at North Park in our student ministry. Um, it started as a year of transition. I have transitioned into a role uh, as the executive pastor, and so this past year we had brought in Grant Garrison to be an intern to work about 10 hours a week uh, beside us and to assist us in student ministry. Um, we are in the process of pursuing um, Justin Yob to uh, become our director of student ministries in the fall. In fact, Justin, I believe, is here again today. He'll be here at the services, uh, in the, at the drive-in service. He will be there so that we can meet him and get to know him a little bit as we go through this process. But uh, next fall, we hope to have a uh, director of student ministries who will be working uh, about 25 hours a week. So it, it started as a transition. And then also, uh, many of you may know, it uh, was a different year for us as my uh, wife uh, battled cancer. And so that took away a lot of our uh, focus and energy uh, related to being involved in student ministry. And then, of course, the pandemic 
COVID-19 uh, essentially ended the school year early. Um, it ended a lot of our student ministry events and programs. Um, it's canceled a lot of things that we look forward to in the summer, such as camp. And we were supposed to go on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic, uh, the high schoolers. So while many things have changed, our mission for Breakaway, our student ministry for middle schoolers and high schoolers here at North Park has not. We desire to see students be disciples who make disciples. So today is very different. Um, as I preach this message to you today, listening online, it will be very different tomorrow when we meet at the drive-in service. Um, it usually involves a lot of different people as we highlight uh, ministry from the past year, as we honor our graduates. We usually have lots of pictures and videos, and so it's very different, and it has some limitations, but we will indeed celebrate today. We celebrate because what's happening here today marks a significant transition for our grads as they enter into adulthood. This means change for everyone. That's why it's such a big deal. It's not just that something is ending, but it's that something also is starting. We're starting a relationship with our graduates in a whole new way. And so for just a few minutes this morning, I would like to consider those changes and how they impact different groups of people by turning to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and we want to talk about starting now. If you're not familiar with your Bible, here's a table of contents. You can find the book of Hebrews, sandwiched right between Philemon and James. So we turn to the book of Hebrews. We're not certain who the author of the book of Hebrews is, but we do know that it is written to a group of people who had become Christians after coming out of Judaism. And Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes we call the Hall of Faith chapter, it is a sampling of people who walked by faith, and it is meant to inspire and encourage all of us as followers of Christ to be faithful in our own living of our Christian life. So let's notice a couple of things, and we'll make some special applications on this special day as it relates to our graduates, their parents, and our church. First, let's notice verse 23, and I like to talk here about being under the influence, under the influence. Notice Several times, faith will be noted here in this text. But Hebrews chapter 11, and verse 23 we read, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. Now, my parents hid me for three months at a time as well, but probably for a very different reason. Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. I want you to notice here that we know of Moses. This verse tells us that Moses' parents made some decisions that shaped the direction of his future when he was unaware of those decisions. He was not the one making the decisions. I see here that his parents did three things. Number one, they protected him. I joked there about his parents hiding him for three months. They did this to save his life. Remember the context, these verses are being quoted in Hebrews chapter 11 to refer those who came out of Judaism back to events, real life events that happened in the nation of Israel. The timing of this statement relates to when Israel were slaves in Egypt and the Pharaoh was concerned that the nation of Israel was growing too big 
It would become too strong and eventually would overthrow the Egyptians. And so he declared that all male babies, Israelite babies, would be killed. And so when Moses' parents are pregnant and Moses is to be born, they hide him in order to protect him and to save his life. And this is probably one of the most famous Sunday school stories as his parents make a basket and set him out on the river to be found by Pharaoh's daughter. Realistically, a very scary, a very daring attempt to save Moses' life. But they protect him. They take actions that end up saving Moses' life. They also had a perspective about him. There's some language here. It says they uh, saw that God had given them an unusual child. Again, not only did my parents hide me, but they considered me very unusual. (laughs) What does that mean? God had given them an unusual child. Another translation says that he was no ordinary child. Well, in Acts chapter 7 and verse 20, as there's an account given about these verses... In the New Living Translation, it says that Moses was beautiful in God's eyes. That's what his parents realized about him. So we're not sure exactly what is meant by him being an unusual child, not being ordinary, or maybe being beautiful in God's eyes. It's not simply there was something physically attractive about him, but what we can take away is that somehow Moses' parents had a perspective about him that God had a unique purpose for him. And God did indeed have a unique purpose for him as he would become the one who would lead the people of Israel out of captivity and into freedom. So they protected him physically, but they also had this perspective that God had a unique purpose for his life. And then thirdly, they prepared him for that. It's very interesting how God works this out, and I think his parents did this on purpose so that it was Pharaoh's daughter who found him, and then actually his mom gets to be part of raising him. And we'll see in just a little bit, when Moses makes his decision to be with the people of Israel, it's obvious that he is aware of who they are. He's aware of what the choices are to be with his own people or to be with the people of Egypt. So I think his parents prepared him. They taught him. They told him about what they felt God had for his life. Parents of our graduates have done the same thing. They've sought to protect their kids. They've tried to have a perspective that God has a unique purpose for them, and they've sought to prepare them to live out that purpose. Parents, speaking directly to you, you've made it to one of the biggest milestones that we can make in our culture, and that is to have a student who is graduating from high school. So you're to be congratulated for that. And while it is the end of something, it's not really the end, because you'll never stop being a parent But your role changes now to being more of a coach, a mentor, a guide. It's less hands-on in the daily details of life, but just as much heart connection. And so, parents, I want to ask you to give two gifts at this time. Um, You're already going to be given enough of your money, and you'll certainly be doing that in the future as it relates to college, or your kids continue to come back to your house, or even as maybe your kids get married. But two things quickly. I know that you have prayed for them up to this point, but can I encourage you to keep praying, and especially during this transition that is such a crucial part of their life. Pray for them regularly. Pray for yourself that you'll be able to let go in a healthy way as you make that transition. And then secondly, 
I want to ask you to do something very specific. Uh, we weren't able to go on our senior trip that we normally take, but I sent you some information about writing a letter to them, a blessing, if you will, that would allow you to tell them what you see in their life. See what God is doing and express one more time your desires for them. So I want to encourage you to still do that. If you have lost that email, contact me. But will you please write out that blessing and then give that to them? And will you let me know when you have done that? That would bring a lot of joy to my heart to know that you've done that. So first, we see that Moses' parents made some decisions. Secondly, verses 24 to 27, I want to just call this adulting 101. Adulting 101. Let's read verse 24. It was by faith, again, by faith, that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. Next verse. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Here we see that when Moses had grown up. Now, we think that probably for Moses that meant that he was around 40. It was definitely that he now was a full-grown man. So we're not waiting till age 40. And in our culture, the marks of adulthood are very different. Graduating from high school is a mark of moving into adulthood. But for Moses, when he grew up, he had to make some choices. So first we saw that his parents made some choices. Now he has to make some choices for himself. Verse 24 tells us that he refused. You can just look at the verbs that are here. Verse 25, he chose. Verse 26, he thought and he looked ahead. And verse 27, he left. And then he kept going. And then he kept Years ago, I heard Ken Rudolph, who I know is one of our uh, churches and campers, those good ladies, men's retreats, one of our favorite speakers, talk about this passage. And he says in verse 24, Moses chose a better purpose. He chose a better purpose to live with God's people and be part of what God was doing. He chose a better pleasure. It could have been a really nice life living in the Pharaoh's palace and being part of the royal family and all of the things that would go along with that. But as they were those who oppressed God's people, he instead chose a better pleasure to follow God's will. Verse 26, he chose a better payoff. He was able to look ahead and know that the reward for living a faithful life to God would be worth more than all of the riches that he could have as a son of Pharaoh. And verse 27, ultimately, he chose a better person. It says there that he could see him who was invisible. He knew that God was there. And over everyone else and everything else, he chose not to fear the king. By the way, where do you think he learned that? Remember how that was said about his parents? They didn't fear the king, and so they saved Moses' life. Here, Moses is living out that same kind of attitude. Not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. For Moses, God was the one that he saw. He was the one that he followed. He was the one that he wanted to please and be faithful to. Grads, godly parental influence is a wonderful blessing and gift. 
But each of you have to come to a point in your life that you make your own choice about Jesus and following him. I've shared with you many times this statement. Your life will not be determined by what you want. It will be determined by the choices that you make. Many years ago when I had first moved to Michigan, my sister was going to be coming to visit me from Florida, her and her husband. They were flying into Detroit. We were new to Michigan and didn't know too much about uh, the airports and different things like that. And in those days, uh, we didn't have Google Maps other than it was printed out, and we called it an atlas. Some of you will remember those. And so we worked getting our house all cleaned and ready. We did some painting right up until early in the morning, and then we quickly gathered our stuff and uh, headed to the airport with our atlas. I mean, to, headed to pick them up with our atlas. We looked up the airport, and three-quarters of the way there, we realized that there are two airports in Detroit. One is well-known, the Wayne County Airport, and the other not as well-known. We were headed to the wrong one. So I've got my sister and her husband are flying into the uh, Detroit airport. I'm supposed to be there to pick them up, and I realized we're headed the wrong way, and so we were going to be very late. We must have had cell phones in some fashion, but it certainly wasn't in the way that we have them today where you just text or call right away. I remember having to get the number for the airport and calling the airport to have to announce over the loudspeaker something like, John Nixon is an idiot. If you are his sister, please know he's on his way, but we'll be very late. All right, so that's probably what they should have said, but just to announce to get them to a phone so we could tell them. So I felt so embarrassed, and I never um, have lived that down yet with my sister. Every time she comes, she mentions that. The reason I tell you that is we wanted to go to a certain destination. We wanted to be at the airport to pick up my sister and her husband. But we made choices that took us nowhere close to the right airport. So as we think about choosing our destination. We want to make sure we're headed to the right destination, but then we've got to make choices that put us on the right road. We've got to make the right turns. We've got to head in the right direction to be the person that we want to be and to live the life that we want to live. One of my favorite verses is John 10.10, and I quote it often, and it really is the philosophy which we have used in student ministry to help our teenagers choose the life that they want to live. It says that the thief's purpose, that's Satan, is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so it boils down to this. There's life on one side and death on the other. And as we read our Bibles, as we evaluate life and we choose our destination and we make choices, we need to understand the consequences of each of those choices. Satan's way and the world's way is always going to lead to death spiritual death and sometimes even physical death but it's going to corrupt and ruin what god is offering god is offering life and life to the fullest rich and satisfying which comes through jesus and following his will and following jesus to get where jesus wants to go so that's how we teach that's how we present the truth of scripture and we urge teenagers to take the right path choose life but if you want life then you've got to make choices that take you down that path. Graduates, things are changing right now, but you are not alone. The relationship is going to be different, but you are so very important to us. We desire that North Park will always be home to you. You can always come back, no matter what. Contact us. Hit us up, and we'll hit you back. 
And for those of you that think that we just talked about abusive relationship, ask somebody a little younger about that terminology. Contact us. We will always want to know how you're doing and how we can help. And this is an offer that is for the rest of your life. A second thing is that right now I know it can be hard to talk to people. They want to know, what are you going to do with your life? What are you doing now that you're graduated? I just want to encourage you that right now, the best gift that you can give to other people is a thank you. It's a season for gratitude. Your parents, student ministry leaders, other adults in church or in your life that have invested in you. Give them the gift of gratitude. I've asked your parents to take time to write that note of blessing to you. On our senior trip, we normally would have you write a letter of thankfulness to your parents as well, realizing that they had goals for you and desires. And sometimes that caused friction because you wanted something different. But that heritage that you have is truly a blessing. Would you do me a favor? Would you please take time to write a thank you note? Thank them for their investment in your life up to this point. Express that you want the relationship to be a good one going forward, where you cooperate and work together. And will you let me know when you've written that letter and given it to them? Because that would make me very happy. Graduates, you don't belong to us. You belong to Jesus. It's been a privilege for me and for our student ministry, for our church, to be a part of your life and to watch Jesus lead you and change you. And we trust him with you. And we look forward to what God is going to do in your life. And that is starting now. There's one last thing that I want you to see in the text, verses 28 and 29. After Moses made his own choices, he participated in the plan that God had for him and for his people. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. Now, if you're reading that and you've never read the Bible, that sounds really weird. It sounds like a strange movie. Let me just tell you that this was a way that God protected Israel and he got the people of Egypt to let his people go. And it was Moses that led the people in this process. It was by faith that the people of Israel responded to that leadership and went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. Again, a miraculous rescue as God delivered the people of Israel using Moses. So Moses led the Passover and the Exodus now, when we read the Bible, and we read about Moses, and we even mention that he's in the hall of faith, we think maybe that Moses is like a superhero. These are people who are superhuman. They're nothing like us. Well, if you go back and look closely, they have their own troubles. And many times they're not confident. And many times they don't do it well or do it right. And that's because the most important thing is that they did it by faith. They're not superheroes, and they're not that much different than us. If we go back up to verse 6 in chapter 11, here's a definition of faith or a statement about it. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So if you want to be like Moses, if you want to live that kind of life, you simply need to know that God exists And he will reward you if you'll genuinely seek him and seek to be obedient to him. The NIV commentary 
said this about this chapter where it lists all these people of faith. It says it provides evidence that faith is the posture by which people please God and live lives of purpose. Uh, excuse me, live lives of purposeful impact by and for God. We could say it this way. We all are simply ordinary people in the hands of an extraordinary God. You see, we don't have to be superheroes and superhuman. We need to understand that we have a superhero God. And our faith is in Him and what He wants us to do and what He can do through us. So how would you live your life if you were completely convinced that God exists and that he unconditionally loves you? We would live our lives like Moses. Maybe timid to start with. Very humble. Not sure that I'm the person for the job. But then acting in faith and allowing God to use us. Our world has many needs. It's never been so evident, whether it's racial inequality whether it's struggles of justice, whether it's economic uh, struggles, even in a prosperous America, materialism and selfishness. Our world has so many different needs. And the answer to every single one of those needs is Jesus and the gospel. And so our world needs you. It needs me. It needs all of us to live by faith, using our unique personalities and gifts and abilities Yes, but trusting God to help us make a difference in the world. And we're not to do that just as individuals, but we do it as a part of a faith community, as part of a church, whether that's North Park or another faith community. As North Park has desired to be a safe place for teenagers to work through their struggles and to develop this faith, we desire to continue to be that kind of place for our students. We've got some incredible leaders, I call them my heroes, as they volunteer to invest in a few of our students at a time to make a huge difference. Their role is changing. Leaders, your role is changing now. It won't be the same relationship with these students. And I want to thank you for your ministry this year. Your names are listed in the program and in the bulletin that is posted online. I just personally want to take a moment to thank you for investing in our students. There's other adults in our church who have made this a place where teenagers are welcome and we love them and invest in them and we help them to understand they are a part of the church now, not just the church for tomorrow. And thank you for making North Park a great place to do student ministry and for investing in our students' lives. So our role as adults is changing in the lives of our graduates. But we can have deeper and maybe even more meaningful roles in the life of our grads, starting now. If you're interested, you could contact Chaz Oswald and volunteer to serve in our young adult ministry to walk with many of these students through the next phase of their journey. You can pray for our students, and I want to ask specifically, right now, would you commit to pray for these graduates through the month of September? It's such an important transition through the summer and then into September if they're starting college or another job or whatever the next step. Would you pray for them through September? And if you want to pray for them through the next year or beyond, that would be awesome. But if you would commit to praying for them through September, that would be great. 
And then I just want to mention, you could connect with them uh, in meaningful ways. Some of them very simple. Studies have shown that young adults feel welcome in the church when adults just take time to even ask, hey, how are you? Let me introduce myself. How are things going for you? Develop a listening ear to just listen and respond if they ask for advice. Those would be a few ways that our student ministry leaders and adults in the church could respond. Well, as we wrap things up, grads, we just want to say we love you. We desire God's best for you. I know this has been a shortened transition to ending your high school career and then beginning or beginning your participation in our young adult ministry. But in just a moment, as our seniors come across uh, the stage and they receive gift Bibles from their uh, high school ministry leaders, we also have a gift from our young adult ministry. It's a devotional called Starting Now. It is 30 days to helping you become the person you want to be in college or in your post-high school life. This is a devotional for you to use in the month of September specifically to help you think through some of these issues. So today is a significant transition. It involves change for everyone. And we celebrate, we honor our graduates in this new phase, starting now. Would you pray with me? God, we are thankful for your word, for these verses in the book of Hebrews that point us back to very real people who lived in challenging and difficult circumstances, and yet they were able to have faith in you, to trust you for their salvation, to trust you for everyday strength, to trust you for direction for everyday living and where to invest their life, to be used to make a difference for those things that would last for all of eternity. We thank you for this student celebration day where we can honor our graduates and their families. We pray that you will bless our graduates, that they truly would feel that North Park is home, and that they would know that we would do anything that we could possibly do to help them along their spiritual journey. Would you bless them? Would you help them to see the great choice that it is to follow Jesus? Not to get where they want to go, but to get where Jesus wants them to go. And we look forward to seeing how you work in their life, taking them through difficult and enjoyable times, all for your honor and glory. And help them now in this transitional time, and their parents, and us as a church, that we would all be able to adjust to the change, but that we would see it as an exciting time to move forward in that relationship starting now. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for joining for our online service. I want to let you know that at our drive-in service, we're going to be recording a few other things. We're going to record when our graduates receive their gift Bibles, and there's going to be a dedication prayer there. Um, also, in the program, we have listed the graduates and also information about their open houses, and you can find that online where the uh, sermon is posted as well and in the bulletin. And we will also record, uh, we have some college graduates that we gave gifts to earlier in the service, and we will have that recorded for you too. So I know it's not like being there and uh, experiencing all this together. It's still even very different being at the drive-in service 
versus here in our auditorium. But it's still a great day of celebration, and this will be the best way for you if you're not able to be at the drive-in service. So uh, watch the message, and then be able to watch uh, the giving of those gifts to look at the program and see who the students are that have graduated so that you can uh, be in prayer. Or if you want to send them a note or a gift, uh, you're welcome to do that as well. But we want to just say thank you again for joining us. Uh, we love you, and we pray God's best for you.